so welcome back to another episode of Conscious Creative Vegan. Welcome back. It's exciting. Our second episode. We're a bit delayed. We were supposed to record this a couple of days ago, but both you and me have been really busy. So here we are now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, we recorded our first episode like a month ago and just recently uploaded it. So we got some time to get some feedback and some comments. We just want to thank you guys so much for showing support. Yeah, uh, it's been really fun to see uh, some comments and uh, that we actually have a couple of listeners already. <laughs> That's great. And I think we did uh, well for being two people considering ourselves to be not that great speakers <laughs> and not that good at talking at all. So, And also you, Tom T, you've been talking about having a bit of a stage fright. and uh, Oh my God, yeah. I mean, something that uh, I have for a long time. I hate speaking in public. I'm terrified of it and uh, even terrified of being interviewed. So I mm. used to decline doing interviews before as well. So this is just a, a new fun challenge. Yeah. And it's a great way to get used to talking more and like ease into public speaking. <laughs> since it's not public, but it, but it is. <laughs> so... I think we did good and we're going to yeah. get better and better. And also, guess what? We just leveled up our podcast game with a better audio quality. Yeah. Hopefully. We, have... <laughs> we, we just realized that our previous audio wasn't that great. So and then we had to use our other microphones instead. So hopefully this will work. Yes. So let's hope it's going to be better. Mm. You read something about a celebrity going vegan this week. Oh yeah, I just recently um, read that Jason Derulo has gone vegan and he even uh, he did an interview with Men's Health magazine and uh, really promoted it giving credit to veganism. So yeah. that's really great. Like I I love um, seeing all these, you know, hip hop artists or mm. uh, musicians and celebrities going vegan for whatever reasons that they Yeah. Um, it's really cool. That was pretty cool. And I know that we were talking about Neo. Yeah. <laughs> I love Neo. Yeah, and me too. Uh, I love, I mean, when I found out that he was going vegan, I saw this video that he did on Snapchat uh, and he posted on Facebook. And I thought that was so funny. Um, so, no, that was great. So, absolutely love Neo even more. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. I've always liked him. Uh, actually, I didn't recognize him. I just saw someone posting that Snapchat video on Facebook. Yeah. And I think it's because he always has the the hat thing. So when he yeah. didn't have the hat, I didn't recognize him. <laughs> but then I saw someone writing me. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was uh, a lot of fun. Or That was, good a, that to, was a really fun, fun video. Yeah. And then we uh, both of us saw a video with uh, Robbie Williams saying uh, he has uh, ditched meat, going plant-based, but seems like he's he said he's eating burgers on Fridays. And I don't know if that means vegan burgers or the regular meat yeah. one. <laughs> I yeah. mean, if he wants to have like a... I think what he meant is that he's completely eating, like trying to eat very, very healthy. So like salads. And he thinks that when he's having a sheet meal, he's going back to his old habits. But mm. I mean, he can eat a pizza or a burger or whatever. Yeah. 
But if he wants to eat something unhealthy, he can do it vegan. <laughs> like all of these impossible burgers and Beyond Meat and all mm -hmm. of that. So there are every uh, opportunity over there to eat like you did before, but vegan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I eat fast food all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but the good thing is that he is giving up meat. And, and he, cr he said it was because uh, it helped him with his uh, uh, whatever that he was suffering from. And he started to yoga meditation as well. Mm. Um, so, so that's good. Um, yeah. It's good, good for him. Yes, it's really good. And guess what, Ida? I just uh, remember like next month is vegan month. World Vegan Month. Oh, November. yeah, you told me. I didn't yeah. even know that was a thing. <laughs> the first of November is World Vegan Day. And then like the whole November month is Vegan Month. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. That's really exciting. So yeah. I think we should definitely do something. And yeah. Maybe like give some vegan tips or share vegan recipes and whatnot on yeah. um, on our Instagram, perhaps. A yeah. whole month with a vegan theme. <laughs> yes, and uh, maybe some tips for new vegans and uh, yeah. maybe some deeper discussions also about... Because it's it's very interesting with uh, veganism because sometimes you're... You know, it's impossible to live a completely vegan life with no harm to anyone. So sometimes mm -hmm. you're faced with these... Um, yeah, you have two things against each other and you have to choose basically which mm. one you think will cause the less harm. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it could be interesting also to have one of these, uh, one of those deeper conversations uh, as well. And uh, yeah. a lot of recipes and um, some tips for new vegans, beginner yeah. vegans. Yeah, well, let's let's do that. I, yeah. I know that a lot of uh, other sites are doing a vegan challenge, mm -hmm. vegan challenge month where people... What they will challenge people to eat vegan for the month. Yeah, I think that's really great. Yeah, that's that's really good. Um, that's what I did for myself. I gave myself a vegan challenge, basically. Oh, um, okay. Like I had I had stopped eating animal products at home, yeah. but then I was like, okay, for one week I'm gonna try because we were eating out a lot and eating with the yeah work and it was mm. events and stuff. Yeah. And I would just said to myself that I should try um, to see what happens if I just say that I'm going to try to find vegan alternatives. And it worked yeah. out perfectly fine. And then I just continued. Uh, so I think that's an obstacle for, for many that they think it's going to be so hard and then they try it. And it's not that hard as you think. So I think it's a good sometimes to give yourself a challenge. And even if it's just for a week or a couple of weeks, then you've you will definitely have learned something new. Absolutely. So if uh, anyone who's listening, if you guys have any questions uh, related to veganism, just uh, send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, we'll and try to help you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to introduce this week's theme, which is about sustainability in fashion and how to build a sustainable wardrobe and, uh, and be more conscious of what we consume. We'll be uh, discussing our views on fashion and, and how we want to be uh, ethical and sustainable, consuming fashion or presenting our style and wardrobe um, and sharing some experience and things that we've learned along the way, uh, as well as give 
tips on how you can make your wardrobe sustainable um, and using cruelty-free products and, and, fa and fabrics? I know that this is a topic that you know a lot about. Uh, I've not been that much into fashion, but recently I've just become became obsessed with shoes <laughs> because not only do I want to find vegan shoes, but also ethically produced and with sustainable materials. And um, I find it very hard to, and it's I, I find it impossible to go to one of the normal yeah. shoe shops and, and find those kinds of shoes. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a that can be tricky, and uh, so we're gonna talk a bit about like yeah tips how to find good quality vegan and sustainable clothing and shoes maybe. And I know uh, you you were working in uh, Stockholm with uh, within the fashion industry, and I think it would be interesting to hear your views on on that. Mm. I've always loved fashion and. Um... I love the fashion industry and I love to create a part of it and, and how it allows for self-expression. And in many ways, it is diverse. Um, you find all kinds of people working in industry and it's it's a fast-paced industry. It's innovative and it's it's always up to the latest. Um, so there's always new things happening. But then there's also like a dark side to the industry, just like mm -hmm. any big industry. And there's this destructive and unhealthy and unsustainable part um, so, um, I find that sustainability in fashion is a, is a big topic. It covers so many areas and, and it's a complex system. Um, it's the ethical part and the social part and so on. And, um, and I personally felt at times that there was a challenge working in an industry that promotes consumerism. That is oftentimes about image. It can be very superficial. I also saw a lot of opportunities to create beautiful and meaningful things. It's a great platform to share beauty and important and relevant messages using the power of art and media. Yeah, and you said that that kind of uh, changed the way you you were consuming yourself, uh, seeing all of this. I mean, the industry wants us to, like, encourages us to just buy and buy and buy and it's clothing that you can have for I don't know sometimes a couple of weeks yeah. before it breaks or a couple of months or I mean the thought is not to keep these clothes for a long time the thought is yeah. to keep them for I mean a short period of time and then buy new yeah. and uh, how did you think about that when when you were in the middle of it I mean also as a fashion photographer I mean, the the influencers and bloggers they want new things all the time to yeah. to to be able to show new cool outfits, and I guess you yeah. also want to uh, shoot beautiful clothing and not the same things all the time. So how did you? Was that a conflict in your head, or how did you see all of that? Yeah, it was. I I did feel very conflicting inside. Um, I remember when I uh, went home to Helsingborg and, you know, and my friends would all ask me, how is it working up there? And does it make, does it make you feel that you constantly have to look good all the time, like with new clothes and stuff? Because, you know, you read all these fashion bloggers and the fashion magazines and, um, mm. and.
And, and I remember saying, no, not really. Because at first, I wasn't really concerned about that. But I noticed also after a while, when you're in the industry and with the, you know, with all these things happening, like going to, to events and parties and not attending fashion weeks, you do kind of also feel that um, influence that, oh, gosh, I have to... I have to buy this thing to match with my outfit and I have to, you know, have new outfits for every event. Um, so that was, uh, that was a bit uh, crazy. And I know you, you changed your way of consuming. So what, what made you change and, and how did you do it? Well, yeah, so I, I noticed that being up there, I, I, Start to, I felt the urge to shop more than I normally would uh, because you have all these stores that you wouldn't have at home and um, and it's convenient to just drop in and get whatever that you needed and, and also seeing someone else wearing something cute and you want something yourself. Um, but I got sick of it pretty fast actually. So I, um, so during like everything when I was working up there, I just, I decided to not purchase anything new. Uh, so for a year and a half, I didn't buy any clothing. Um, and, you know, I, I did receive some free stuff through my job. Uh, but um, other than that, like, I just didn't buy anything new. And I found other ways to uh, to find uh, clothing, like through clothes swapping or or just taking clothes from my brother's wardrobe. <laughs> Um, you told me also you considered yourself to be a shopaholic. Um, so you went from that to not consuming mm. anything for one and a what did you say one and a half years? Yeah. Did you in the beginning feel the urge to just go in to the closest shop and grab something, or did you? Was it easy? Oh, let me try to remember. Um, I think also because during that time there was. For me, there was uh, some pressure as well, you know, uh, living in, in a capital city and um, I had expensive rents and lots mm -hmm. of costs. So I couldn't really uh, afford to buy all the clothes that I wanted. You know, it just felt so unhealthy to crave things and to want things and knowing that I don't really need it. Mm. And it was enough for me to just look at, at the industry and seeing how everyone's consuming so much. And that made me just feel really like sick and tired mm. um well seeing all of this the consumption of fast fashion and and the constantly you know changing outfits and um it, it was crazy like especially during fashion week everybody goes a bit crazy during fashion weeks because that's the opportunity you have <clears throat> like twice a year where you can dress up to the max like mm. and and some bloggers and and fashion profiles they would also you know in one day they would like change outfit multiple times mm. and I remember thinking you know that little activist inside me is like this is crazy mm. <laughs> and this is not sustainable and and uh, and you know when, when we would go to like these fashion shows like in Paris and you would see everyone just being over the top and I'm just keep thinking this is not sustainable like how are we going to continue with this and yeah and these days, there's more and more influencers coming up and there's more and more clothes, there's more and more. I, I love fashion. I've always loved fashion. I love the creative part of it and the self-expression. And for me, it, ever since I was very little, it has always been about personal style mm. and self-expression and, and, and not about shopping new things at all. 
And how did you feel thinking about the materials often used in in the fashion industry? How did you feel as the photographer when you saw people wearing, for example, fur? Um, Would you avoid those people, <laughs> avoid taking their photos, or what did you do? Well, that's the thing. I yeah, I try to avoid taking photos of because um, for me, when I first started out, it was just so important for me that all every work that I do and every single photo that I take would, you know, uh, be something that I could could stand behind. Um, so no, like at fashion weeks and stuff, I would uh, I would avoid shooting fur. Shooting people wearing fur, but yeah, but coming from the background that that I come f- come from and and knowing about the animals in 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 the fashion and 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 um, and the great um, environmental footprint that it has, I felt I had to be vocal about this because no one's talking about it, and it made me also a little bit frustrated. So when we had these discussions, I would always bring it up. And I noticed that there were so many who were not aware of it at all. And at that time, for a lot of people, you know, sustainability was, um, had so many definition. So it mm. wasn't really like a clear, you know, I, maybe st- still today it's like that. Like, what is sustainability anyhow? Because everyone says different things and they want things, you know, like, uh, yeah, you know, if I do this, but I can still do that. Um it's like it wasn't yeah. really clear what it was mm. and and for me it was so important that we had to bring up every aspect of it and yeah. um that's where i had to bring the animals into the picture because still to this day people like environment people that call themselves environmentalists or care about about the environment they will use uh in very many cases animal materials yeah. because they consider it to be very consider it to be sustainable more than these plastic uh, <laughs> in quotation marks plastic vegan leather it's funny when you look at the numbers that the actually the vegan materials are a lot better for the environment than the mm. than fur or leather or any other animal materials like it's been all over the news that gucci is going fur free for example just having a big brand coming out saying that we, you know, that we don't uh, do fur anymore, that sends out statement to the rest of the industry. So that's yeah. really, really good news. Something that I, I found, you know, as well, um, while talking to people in the sustainable fashion movement is many of them are not so much aware of, um, you know, of how much animals that ends up in our in our clothing and or or like how damaging it is for the environment and how important and relevant it is that we you know are informed about this um and some even go to you know the extent where they promote uh, leather and wool and silk as environmental or eco uh, clothing because Mm. um because of the belief that this is good quality so therefore it will last longer but you know with without acknowledging the process behind it um which is very like destructive and and um and you know demanding on the on the earth's resources and on the planet um apart from that it's just a very cruel industry um and just you know and just like yeah. stella mccartney said 
you know, anyone who cares about the environment should become informed consumers on these issues. It's because it's not a byproduct. It's actually the most important co-product of the meat industry. Yeah, and I, I think in the sustainable fashion movement, Stella McCartney is a big inspiration to many, and I find that she's one of the few that's very outspoken about, like, with leather and animals in our fabrics. So, um, yeah. yeah. And as I said before, uh, I became uh, quite obsessed with shoes, <laughs> mainly. And then I came over this information on the website. It's called beyondskin.com. Mm. They sell shoes, mm. vegan shoes. And um, on their website, it says, uh, and I'm reading now, <laughs> uh, leather production is an inefficient use of water. A cow can drink up to 170. 127 liters a day. Leather production uses large volumes of water in raising and slaughtering the animal and then during the tanning process. Uh, water scarcity affects 4 out of 10 people on our planet but developing countries suffer the most. As leather tanning is mostly outsourced to developing countries, the limited water they have access to is being used industrially instead. Um, plus puts people at risk of contaminated water due to unsafe disposal of uh, effluent. And it also says, on average, one cowhide will provide 18 pair of leather shoes, and each pair of shoes is accountable for the use of over 1.4 million liters of water. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. Each pair, 1.4 million liters of water. I mean, it's uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and it also says here about the tanning process that the tanning process of the leather or what makes the hide into leather, uh, that makes the the product non biodegradable. So and I've read the um, that people think that if you put like a fur coat or a leather jacket yeah. in nature, it will, uh, how do you say degrade? Um, or that it is biodegradable yeah. but but it's not really so it's there's just so much of um misinformation out yeah, there, there about animal products or animal animal yeah. materials and uh you know tanneries are listed as top polluters on the environmental protection agency it's a super fund list uh, it's a list that identifies the most critical industrial sites in need of environmental cleanup so many people mm. claim that, you know, leather is okay to use because it's a byproduct of the meat industry. But it is, um, you know, the livestock production is, is one of the major causes of the, the world's most pressing environmental problems, including global warming, land degradation, air and water pollution, and loss of biodiversity. Um, mm. And uh, also speaking of tanning, um, there's a re report, this was years ago, a report on human rights crisis in India, um, illegal tannering, dumping millions of gallons of toxic chemicals in their water waste. You know, so this wow. affects children and a whole community. And on top of that, you know, the amount of resources it takes. So yeah. it's, it's just crazy. And, and have you seen images of how it looks like a lot of production? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, um, it's insane. And I think if people can just see these visuals, they would just see this is crazy. This is mm. absolutely horrendous. And not, 
not only the for the animals but also the the people working in these tanneries yeah. they in very few cases they have like protection yeah. uh, they wear like no no gloves yeah. or anything and it's like sometimes children yeah. working with this and yeah they suffer uh, injuries and, from and this and cancer as well so it's a terrible industry yeah, yeah. it's a terrible industry in very many it ways is. and mm. um and I was very oblivious uh, for a long time. Uh, and I've told you this story before. I, um, I was visiting my family in mm. Sweden. Uh, it was winter and my sister had bought a winter jacket with uh, fur, fur details on it. And I said, like, oh, how can you? It's terrible. How can you buy fur? Because I have always been against yeah. fur. Like, I've had these things that I've been against, <laughs> but then I could buy something even mm. worse you know um but not thinking about it so i was uh, coming at her for for buying fur and using fur and she told me but but you have a leather jacket that you have been bragging about for a year now <laughs> because i was so happy that i got it for 50 percent off <laughs> on a sale so i had been so happy with that that leather jacket and i it was kind of a feeling for me that, oh, I finally had money to buy a nice jacket because I always just bought the cheapest things because I, my economy was not great. So it, it was like a, a symbol of for me that it, it had been going better yeah, and better, yeah. you know? So I was so happy about this jacket and she told me, but, but you are wearing, you have a leather jacket. That's, how is that different? And I was, like feeling really stupid of course and then realizing that she was right and eventually stopped using that jacket and in the end i just couldn't even have it in my wardrobe so i just gave it to a friend and yeah of course i felt terrible but yeah i'm glad you called me out because i think it would have taken me longer time mm -hmm. um to get rid of it and like stop using leather if she wouldn't have been uh that straightforward to me with when me. was this was this before you became vegan or during um i'm not sure actually i think it, it kind of it's, it's possible that it was like right in that mm. time when i went vegan maybe a little yeah. bit before uh but more or less maybe two years ago or two and a half years ago around something the same like time that. as you went vegan yeah, yeah i think so but but i think it was maybe i had stopped eating yeah. meat but not the rest yeah the lifestyle part. and i i Exactly, and and I think maybe I thought that it, like you said, that it was a byproduct to the meat industry, mm. and that it wasn't that bad. But I mean, you when you buy a leather jacket, you have no idea where the animal comes from, where the leather is produced, yeah. how it is produced, how the people are affected. You don't know yeah. anything. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the whole cruelty and all the chemicals even you you're wearing it you're wearing like all these chemicals on your mm. skin as well mm. and i also have like a similar story when it comes to uh leather leather jackets i've never really worn like animal products because i've always you know um fur was very obvious and uh, and leather you know we might have like um, I didn't have leather shoes, I think, um, and, and no, like, leather clothing, but I, I knew that, okay, you know, some bags were made of leather or had leather parts, um, but when I became vegan, that was more clear that, oh, I can't, like, consume anything with animals, so you had to, like, think further, um, and so during the time when I just got vegan, 
when I just became vegan. I wanted, I remember that it was uh, trendy back then to have leather jackets. <laughs> like everyone had these mm. leather biker jackets and, and, and I was like, I want one too. Um, and I remember being in Stockholm, going into these different shops and I, I went into one shop and I found a jacket that I liked. And so I, I went to the changing room to try it on. Um, and, uh, and so as soon as I put the jacket on I just felt an instant headache um you know like I felt sick and nauseous so I took the jacket off and you know and so I started to read the the label what it said and in the jacket it said um leather made from sheep skin um and so that's when it hit me like gosh you know these cool new trendy leather biker jackets are all, you know, are leather that comes from an animal. Um, even though I was aware of leather, but I, it just, uh, that incident hit me really hard because I tried a jacket on and I felt sick and nauseous. And and uh, and I, I normally, I mean, I used to, I used to feel car sick sitting in a car with leather seats. So I'm a bit sensitive to, mm. you know, to animal um, products. Um, but that incident just made me like fully aware that, okay, now I have to do everything I can to stay away from, from buying mm. clothes that is made out of animals. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I remember that very well. Um, so I started to look for, you know, cool biker jackets that was not made of leather um, instead. Mm. And there was another incident that happened when I had a photo shoot and we barred all these clothes and I bought and I uh, tried on a top that I liked. It was a black uh, crop top and, and it looked really cool. But as soon as I put that on, I felt the same headache and the same really weird feeling. So I took it off and I felt a fabric and yeah, it felt like leather. <laughs> so because I, I didn't realize before that how common it was that there was was it a crop top of yeah. leather it, it looked kind of cool you know it's like a black top it was like a little half shiny you know um leather materials but before this i just didn't realize how common it was that you would find animals in the clothes that you wear and in, you know and mm. in, in the shops so these experiences when i just became vegan made me even more um conscious about it mm. Actually, very recently, um, I just took off a top that I've been wearing yeah. all day, a black top. And, and when I found it, I didn't recognize it, but I thought like maybe it's one of my friends who left it here, forgot yeah. it here. Or maybe I got it from uh, because I got a full bag of clothes from my sister yeah. this summer. So I thought maybe it's one of hers. Um, and then when I took it off, I read the label and it said uh, Merino wool. And I I got shocked because that's also one thing that I was avoiding before yeah. going vegan because I had just read so much about merino wool mm. uh, and the harm to the sheep. And uh, yeah, I was just so shocked that I was like, I've been wearing this all day and I didn't realize what it was. I didn't look at it, what it was because, yeah, <laughs> and I, I was just so shocked that I've been wearing it. Oh. Um now I'm trying to figure out whose top it is. <laughs> I'm gonna give it back, or maybe I should just throw it away. I don't know. <laughs> and I know you have some uh, good information about uh, the comparison between different materials, or like PVC mm. uh, compared to animal materials. 
Yeah, because you know, for the longest time, even in the sustainable fashion movement, they um, often would promote, you know, like leather and wool and silk and such. You know, I think it was something that mostly the the animal activist people would be vocal about. Uh, but recently, like this year, early this year in May, just before uh, Copenhagen Fashion Summit, which is a um, a large uh, conference about sustainability in fashion, uh, so there was a report released called the Pulse of the Fashion Industry. Uh, it's a massive study. It was published by the fashion. The, by Global Fashion Agenda and Boston Consulting Group. So in the study, you will find, you know, there's a list of the most um, environmental damaging uh, fabrics. Um, and on the top four, you will find all the animal, animal fabrics. Like cow leather is taken the first place. Like it's he really like huge. And on the second place comes silk. And the third place is cotton fabric, and on the fourth is wool. And everything beneath it is man-made materials, such as nylon and, and synthetic leather. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it's, it's, you know, it's very clear that the most, damaging, um, the most damaging materials and fabrics that we have in fashion comes from animals. But so cotton was in number three. Yeah. Um, yeah, co- cotton does consume a lot of water. Mm. Um, but when you look at this diagram, like leather is, you know, cotton's like a little more than half of the. Of, um, so yeah. cow leather, cow leather, and silk, is, you know, are the worst. Yeah, are the worst. Um, but I, I've also read about, I don't know if you have any information about that there, but like mm-hmm. all these um, man-made, or not all of th- those, but some of the man-made materials that uh, they, when they're washed, yeah. they're like pieces of them goes out into the water and to the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Um, but still, so I'm thinking that compared with cotton cotton must be more sustainable or what do you think uh, i'm not quite sure i think um i think with cotton is that consumes a lot of water in the in the making of it yeah and uh, i think there's a lot of uh, this is also like a lot of information about cotton on why it's not good uh, just because of the way it's produced um but mm. basically what, what this study wants to say is is that um you know, because in the um, in the sustainable in the sustainable fashion movement, I know that a lot of people takes a distance from synth- synthetic leather, and claiming that that claiming that it's not good for the environment. Um, but actually, like here in the study, it's it just shows that you know leather is more than double mm. the. Uh, yeah, and um, I think uh, that the that when that this says also that because cotton is number three on the list this list also tells us that basically consume less not only not we should not consume animal materials but also like not only buy new stuff all the time like reuse things um and buy secondhand and uh like patch up your old clothes that are broke or got holes in them and because even though it's even if it's man-made or cotton it's uh everything that's new uh, produced it will take um 
uh, a lot of resources resources exactly resources yeah. water or material or whatever yeah and you know did you know that today we consume 400% more clothing than we did 20 years ago wow 400% yeah that's insane and it's yeah. much thanks to social media and influencers because you know these days everyone has to wear something new every day and if, mm. if you've been photographed in a certain outfit you can't wear it again and i think we have to get away from that thinking we have to get away from this whole fast fashion consumerism yeah this episode today we want to focus more about because it's such a you know we could talk forever because it's so complex and complicated but mm. we we want to focus on solutions like how how we can do as consumers how we can take actions um you yeah. know and starting with our own wardrobe and starting with our own mindset yes and you know by in that way creating different demands yeah um so, yeah, let's talk about our own wardrobes then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think maybe one third or maybe even 50% of my wardrobe is clothes that I got from someone. And mostly that is my younger sisters because, and it's also great because I don't like shopping. I think it takes forever. It's boring. And I don't even know what kind of clothes I want but I know my sisters have great style yeah. so I know that the clothes that they buy <laughs> I mean most of those clothes are clothes that I like so I think 50% maybe is clothes that I got from them so I'm very happy about that but I mean not everyone has sisters with the the same size and a great style so then I guess you have to do some secondhand shopping or thrift shopping, but I'm not good at that at all. So I'm happy that I get some clothes from my from my sisters. <laughs> and I know yeah. you get a, a you take or get <laughs> a lot of clothes from your mom. Actually, and I, also your I, brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love wearing men's clothes, so I always stick into my brother's closet. Um, well, the, the thing was that I wanted to to mention earlier was, uh, you know, when I was in Stockholm and I uh, I made the decision to to stop buying anything um, for for a year and a half. I didn't buy anything new, um, but during that time, I also downsized my wardrobe, um, and this whole experience actually, you know, um, changed my life. Um, so what I did was that I got I got rid of all the things that I did not like, things that I would just, you know, keep in the in the wardrobe but maybe never wear or things that I would think, you know, this is okay but I don't feel very cute in it. Like, you know, I would donate all of my stuff and give it away um, and just keep all of my favorite items. Which was still quite a lot. Um, but so I, I kept the clothes that I know that I would wear over and over again and that I love and that I could match with things. Um, so basically it just started from from the ground with a lot of base items uh, and then eventually I added in more stuff you know through taking from my mom's closet or getting stuff donated from my brothers and and swapping new clothes mm. and and that's how you know so I felt that I built a wardrobe that um that suits me perfectly also through you know by doing this you know found a way to define my style even more because then now I just 
you know, I, I just love my wardrobe. I don't have to buy anything new at all, like for years, because I have everything I need. And that's how I feel like. And, and also by doing this, I stopped, um, you know, that urge you have to, to buy new clothes. I don't have that anymore. And it just feels so wonderful. Like I don't, I don't feel the need to go out to, to go shopping like once a week or even once a month. Like I rarely buy anything these days unless I really, really need something. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, as I was during that time, I also learned to appreciate clothes swapping. I remember before I didn't really like secondhand clothes because I wasn't, you know, I didn't like the going to like the, the smells and you have to look for a long time to find pieces that you like. I went to like uh, the different clothes swapping events and there was one that was really good and it was arranged by Copenhagen Fashion, no, Danish Fashion Institute. Um, basically it was like a huge market in in front of um, you know the city town hall in Copenhagen um, and there was a system where you get tickets and there were so many people coming I think it was like over hundreds of people coming um, to that specific event and I found so many good stuff and I had a really good experience and um, they had music and you know it was a sunny day it was just it was just lovely and I thought this is this is so cool because it doesn't feel like um, like it's a you know, it felt like you were going to a market. Hmm. Um, and that inspired, you know, that inspired me to um, to do our own, like, clothes swapping events. So we started to do that in, in my town, Helsingborg, and we call it Fashion Swappers. And we wanted to create um, kind of like the feeling that when you walk into the, you know, to the room, it feels like you would step into into a little showroom with mm. you know we would have live music with djs and and just mingle and 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 hanging the clothes up really nicely so that people can you know take their time to go through the things that they want and go basically go shopping mm. but um for free yeah that's so and nice I, yes and i found some really really good like on all the events that we've had i found some really really good clothes cool <laughs> that i really like yeah I know when we were talking about this before and our wardrobes, you told me that now you feel that you really love every single piece that's in your yeah. wardrobe. And that's amazing. I mean, that's goals. That's uh, <laughs> because I I do not feel that at all. I am so bad at shopping and uh, I feel that when I'm in the store, sometimes I'm like, this is cool and I buy it and then I hate it and I don't want to wear it. And yeah. it's like, I have to step up my, uh, I don't know, fashion sense or shopping game or... So yeah, and I would love to go to one of your fashion swap events. It sounds uh, <laughs> super nice. Uh, I've, we, there are some uh, fashion swaps here as well, or they're just called uh, swap nights or something. Um, and... I, it was just the biggest fail for me when I was there. <laughs> I came home with like one item that oh. I didn't even like at all. It was a color that I didn't like. I didn't try it on before I took it home because I don't know, there was just so much people. There was nowhere to really um, try it on. And yeah. I, I thought it looked like a crop top, but it turned out it wasn't. It was like a, just a super tight, uh, <laughs> green top that didn't fit me very well so now I'm like okay I have to go to another swap event and bring that with me <laughs> I think you really should take your fashion swappers to Mallorca definitely I think it would be much appreciated here yeah I, I would love to I mean I, I really love the whole like clothes swapping uh, thing right now um, uh, I know 
I mean, I know when, when we started, it wasn't so um, it wasn't so common yet, but now and now it seems like it's more and more common. Uh, there was like one story I remember very well uh, from one of the previous event that we did. Uh, you know, because I'm always the last to get into dig into all the clothes that's left over, uh, oh, yeah. but I but I still always find some really good stuff. And so the last time I found this, I found this like perfect orange oversized blazer mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and I'm like oh wow and I know that um I've worn it a couple of times and I got compliments all the time I just really really love that jacket it was like oh it's one of those like dream jackets sort of um but unfortunately I only got to keep it for you know a very short time and then I lost it somewhere in Italy that summer oh no and I got really really sad and I think I still mourn that jacket yeah I mean I still like look at my walk-in closet and see and I'm thinking you know it'd be really nice to have a bright orange jacket hanging there <laughs> the sad part was that I didn't even get to take a picture with it <laughs> oh. <laughs> you never even got to show it on Instagram <laughs> I know exactly so it never happened <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so a lot of my favorite uh pieces that i have in my wardrobe comes from you know these clothes swapping events and um, and also a lot of stuff from my mom because my mom has some really cool vintage things and she used to make her own clothes before and they're oh. so cool yeah so now i have like all these cool jackets um and suits and blazers that's very trendy in time right now mm-hmm. <laughs> and i didn't that's even so have cool. to buy it that's amazing yeah. Yeah. So uh, when we talked about what we're going to talk about in this episode, you said that we're going to talk about we can talk about our style, and and I was like started to think that what my style is, but I don't think mm. I have a style or that I've never had a style. But something that's um, uh, like keep coming back to me is that people telling me that I have a sporty style and mm. I know people told me in school that I had a sporty style and I was not even into sports <laughs> and actually last week uh, a, a co-worker told me that uh, I looked very sporty so I think maybe I have a sporty style <laughs> how would how would you describe your style I would probably maybe describe my style as sophisticated and cool I like to feel comfortable so that's mm-hmm. an important factor um, and I, I love to be versatile in my style and to try different things. But I tend to lean more towards having a masculine touch. Um, also, just like you, it can be sporty and laid back. Uh, I love that combination of looking comfortable and at the same time ready to go into a meeting. Mm. And I do love and I, and I do love menswear. So that's so convenient to have two brothers with nice styles so I can dig in the wardrobe. Um, <laughs> I would say that my style has been quite consistent throughout the years. I used to be very experimental when I was younger. And there was a time in high school where I was going through a hip hop phase. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's all about finding what you like and what suits your body type. Mm-hmm. Find clothes that complements your body and make you feel comfortable. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> well, well, my wardrobe, as I said, is like... 50% clothes that I got from someone but there's also a lot in there that I do not like so I really need to you know start to uh, get rid yeah. of things give things away that I that I don't don't need and try to yeah. find you know good pieces that I truly like and that I wear um, but something that is 
starting to feel complete is my shoe collection because uh, I never cared about shoes. If you see old pictures of me from clubs or parties, <laughs> I, I could wear like a pretty nice outfit, but my shoes is like, I mean, I've seen photos where I have like pink, uh, what's it called? Like a, uh, sneakers. sneakers. Yeah, like pink sneakers. It's like totally not matching the rest of it. <laughs> I didn't care about shoes at all. I know even my mom was like giving me for Christmas some nice black boots <laughs> because she thought, yeah. she probably thought, was thinking that my style was really weird. But anyways, now I've started to obsess more about shoes and now I have a really good collection with um, uh, shoes from brands like uh, Good Guys Don't Wear Leather, yeah. Wills London, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that, nay, nay, something like that. <laughs> uh, and all of these, I think, produce in Europe. Mm. Uh, so that's that also feels uh, good. I don't know. I yeah. think nay is, is produced in, in Portugal and the other ones in Spain and France. Yeah. Or maybe Italy. But uh, a one, it's not a brand, but the material that I want to try is the Pinatex. The, it's made from um, pineapples. Oh yeah, uh, and it's a Spanish uh, company, and um, I think you can find those shoes made of Pinatex at uh, the Nye website. Mm. And yeah, you found a, a in interesting material as well. It's not shoes, but it was uh, luxury bags, I think. Yeah, they left a comment on my Instagram page, and then also recently uh, they left a, a comment on our page. So. Ah. It's, it's pretty cool. So it's a new, um, it's a new brand coming out, and they're making uh, luxurious vegan handbags uh, made from apples. Um, and I don't know so much about them actually. I'm just, I'm just gonna have a look and, s and see what they're called. It, it sounds very interesting, but I'm just thinking, like with the pineapples, <laughs> I know that they use the yeah. leaves, um, but yeah. like with apples, the, what do they use? It's <laughs> like yeah, how does it work? I have. I have I have no idea, um, but I'm not sure if they launched yet. Oh yeah, they have launched. So they call Happy Genie. Did I say that right? Happy Genie. Uh, and it looks really interesting. So you can look them up on Instagram. Happy Genie bags. Yeah, I had a look um, before when I saw their comment, and I really liked yeah. their feed. It was like super beautiful uh, colors with the red apples yeah. and everything. <laughs> I really liked and it. And when you look at the bags, it's pretty like a pretty designs, and uh, and it, it looks these days. There's just so many vegan uh, like bags, handbags company, and shoes, um, and it's just amazing. We were talking about like all these fabrics that are made from fruits and and vegetables. Did you hear about when they were using they used leftovers from the wine industry, like oh, yeah. the pulps and then skin to make uh, to make leather out of grapes, and then they also made leather out of kombucha. And, ah, uh, it's really really cool. Um, really want to definitely try uh, an apple handbag, <laughs> and uh, yeah. also <laughs> the pineapple shoes. I really want to try that. Yeah. This really shows where we, you know, going towards in the future. This is like innovative and this is the future of fashion. So my tip of the week, it will be to follow Kristen Leo on YouTube and Instagram. Because she's an amazing YouTuber who talks a lot about uh, 
thrift shopping. I don't know if if thrift shop is different to a secondhand shop, but it's uh, it's basically secondhand clothing. And she's yeah. really great at finding cool clothes. And uh, she has, yeah, really great videos about that. And yeah, you can follow her on both Instagram and YouTube. And I'm sure you will get a lot of cool tips about that. And when I was yeah. watching her on YouTube, I also found other YouTubers. And now I don't re remember their names and or who they were but uh, one had super great advice about uh, like how to become better at uh, thrift shopping or buying secondhand clothing and i really need <laughs> advice because i'm so bad and i think step number one is that to just have patience with it to to have some time um, because it's not enough having 15 minutes because you really have to have to have the time to go through um, and yeah, don't be stressed. <laughs> but um, I also read that um, this girl, her advice was to have really good, comfortable shoes. So you can, you know, you don't mm -hmm. get sore feet from uh, just walking the aisles up and down. And yeah. also she had like hand sanitizers because as you said, you said also you didn't like buying secondhand because yeah, it was felt mm. a little dirty and the smells. And uh, so she, she always brings hand sanitizers so that she can freshen up <laughs> between the, mm. between her uh, shopping. Um, and she also wore, I think she, she brought like different, and I, I think this applies to all shopping clothes but she brought like different bras so that oh, if really? you if you buy something yes because i know yeah. that something you try something on and you have like <laughs> a black bra underneath that just destroys everything you can't really see yeah. the potential of the <laughs> the potential of the, yeah, the that's item true. Uh, and so she brought that and um i think that was the most important uh advice that she had um and also wear like really comfortable good. yeah and also wear yeah. comfortable clothes that you can easily take on and off and and yeah basically just just take the time to really go through and and um have patience <laughs> that's a really good advice because i never really thought about it because i know um, i know that i get tired really easily when when i go shopping especially for long hours and yeah. i can imagine when when you're looking for you know for special like secondhand pieces you have to like dig through and, and, and you need time to to find the things that you need so definitely i will apply that yeah next time <laughs> and as i said follow leo kristen on youtube and instagram she has uh, she has amazing videos about thrift shopping so i think you will like that i started you... to follow her after you mentioned it and yeah. she makes really good youtube videos yes she's yeah. really good <laughs> so do you have any tips for the week you know, I feel a bit embarrassed. I haven't really <laughs> thought about a tips, I know, um, a specific tips, but I could recommend for those of you who haven't seen, because there are a lot of really good documentaries out there, but if you haven't seen, I think uh, The True Cost is, uh, is a good documentary that you can watch. Um, it's on uh, Netflix, I think, I hope. I hope I didn't the, make that up. What's it called, The True Cost? Yeah. And it's about Have the fashion industry or? No, I yeah, actually it, haven't. It's about the fashion industry, yeah. Oh. Yeah, but that's a great yeah. uh, tip. I'm, I'm uh, definitely <laughs> going to watch it. <laughs> I've never heard about it, I think. There, there's actually a, a few good documentary out there. I think we've been talking for a long while now. Uh, <laughs> and I guess we can talk about yeah. this for many hours more. But maybe we will yeah. do 
we will talk more about sustainable fashion in the future because I felt I feel yeah. we have a lot to say on the topic. And it, 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 even if I, fashion is not like one of my, I don't know a lot about it, but it's still, I mean, everyone needs to wear mm. clothes, right? So yeah, exactly. Um, and it also happens to be, you know, one of the world's largest industry. So it does mm-hmm. affect us all. And, yeah. and because it's so big, there's a lot of opportunities to create change. It's quite a big topic. And we're just trying to cover it a little bit today, you know, in, in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, bring a little bit of our experiences and what we've learned along the way. So I hope we covered some, some parts, some relevant parts. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in for another episode. And we had a lot of fun this week as well. And uh, yeah, I'm already looking forward to the next episode. So we hope you enjoyed this and that you learned something maybe. And if you have any questions uh, about this topic, please let us know. Uh, write us on Instagram. Our, our Instagram account is Conscious Creative Vegan. Yeah. And I think uh, this after this episode's release, we will, um, we will share some photos from our own wardrobe. Yeah. Um, the things related to, to what we've been talking about today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see your photos since you said it was super cold and stormy outside when you took your <laughs> photos. So I'm really excited to see how, how your photos turned out. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. yeah, so that was it for today. We'll, we will be back in a week with a new topic. So we'll see you then. Uh, take care for now. Ciao. Bye, guys. Hey, Dua.